Hendrix was playing in front of 200 white girls screaming, you know, bodily fluids leaking all over the fucking club. And, you know, was, I, I couldn't believe it. By the time I got out here, that was just about, you know, the doors and the, the birds and all that. Had, 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 that was gone. Mm. But the scene out here was amazing. I remember going through uh, Laurel Canyon. You could hear spirit literally every night yeah. just practicing. You know, they played outdoors. You could just hear and practice it. You could sense when you went to Hollywood that it was um, a different thing. People dressed differently. It felt like there was more money. Mm. It felt like there was more um, girls. It mm. felt like there was more. Uh, obviously, you were aware of the fact that, um, you know, the rainbow, ooh, you know, Richie Blackmore, Jimmy Page, Led Zeppelin. I mean, mm. you were aware of that. But the strip from... I would say from Crescent Heights all the way down to Doheny was just packed with people. You know, you couldn't even walk. And the cops were constantly, you know, telling you to move on, move on. Later in the late 60s, when like bands like Yes and, and Mott the Hoople and Free and Traffic started coming over, all the English bands would go through play the whiskey. Every band, that was their first L.A. show. And the arc in those days was you wanted to be able to play the whiskey, the Roxy, the Starwood, the Palladium, Santa Monica Civic, Long Beach, the Forum. That LA scene around that time was really cool because you could go down, I mean, I've seen The Doors, I've seen, you know, because uh, I'm going back to the 60s, but that whole scene, you know, in LA was, was, was the scene, you know, like San Francisco just before, you know, the love-in scene, you know, but I went through that whole thing. I went through the Watts riots and that whole, wow. that whole thing in L.A. When I first started going to Hollywood, before Smile or any of the bands or anything, 73, 74, around then, you could drive down the street and there'd be neon lights everywhere. Massage, massage, you know, girls, girls, girls. I mean, it was like everywhere, man. And then they came in and cleaned all that up, right? The mayor coming in and put his foot down and just as that snuffed out, here come the rock and roll scene, man. And I mean, it was everywhere. Music promoter David Forrest started out in San Francisco working for Bill Graham and managed Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham. Relocating in the mid 70s to Los Angeles, he promoted stadium concerts featuring such rock icons as Kiss and Alice Cooper. He then went on to book two of Hollywood's premier nightclubs, the Whiskey A Go Go and the Starwood, which led to managing acts such as Quiet Riot, London, and Detective, a band led by former Silverhead vocalist Michael DeBar. I went to work for Bill Graham in March of 69 and stopped booking all the little bands. I continued to manage the band with Stevie and Lindsay, but now I suddenly was handling the bands that Bill Graham was handling. He managed them, uh, the airplane, Santana, uh, It's a Beautiful Day. Uh, there was a whole group of San Francisco bands that we represented. And I lasted about six months and then realized that San Francisco and the rock scene was wonderful, but that was not really showbiz. You got to go to Hollywood or you got to go to New York City. I was touted to sign a group called Detective, uh, which was the, an act on Swan Song Records featuring some very hot talent. But for, some, for whatever reason, that hot talent, when they got together as a band, it was good, but it wasn't fantastic. It wasn't fabulous. It didn't all gel. Swan Song is 
primarily, uh, you know, a, a vehicle for Led Zeppelin's tastes. We waited a year mm. for Jimmy to produce the record. Uh, the record band. Now, you give a young band like that, you know, a couple of million dollars, they are going to get fucked up. So that year was very indulgent. And by the time we got around to recording, you know, plus, you know, we spent a million dollars on that album and oh, recorded wow. it twice. Um, so it was when, it was disgusting. We represented the most disgusting part of rock and roll at that time. The most horrible, yeah. indulgent bullshit <laughs> of spending six months on getting a fucking snare drum sound. We were in the studio rehearsing at SIR, and Zeppelin were down the hall doing the presence. You know, they were pre-production for presence. One night, uh, one of the roadies came in, and they said, listen, Jimmy, he came up to me and said, listen, Jimmy.